This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, as of Saturday, the odds on the coaching board have D'Amico as the favorite, plus 250, which means you risk $100, you profit 250 bucks. Jonathan Gannon is number two on the board at plus 350, which means you bet 100, you win 350. Um, I've been told uh, Tom Middlescreen sent to the uh, the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Said that as of Sunday, D'Amico's odds were down to plus 140, which means he's slowly becoming more of a favorite. And as of right now, you can't bet on it on DraftKings. Okay, that's a little exciting. I'm kind of a little excited about that. Yeah. They only take things off the board if there's some sort of information out there. That may be false information. You never know. But, but yeah, so if they take it off the board. They take it off the board, it means it's too easy. Did he sustain another Achilles? What if he he tore his Achilles on the Zoom interview? No, 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 no. No, it doesn't mean. (laughs) It's not that he's out. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the backstory of that is that D'Amico once sued the Texans for $10 million after tearing his Achilles tendon on that awful tray system that they used to have over there at NRG Stadium. And uh, people thought that might be a barrier. I I never thought it would be because I feel like that was just more of like a workers' comp case. It's not it's not the same as suing somebody because you think that they screwed you over in in life. So I wasn't too worried about that. It doesn't appear to be an obstacle. And I'd be honest, like I tore my I tore two hamstring tendons off my pelvis in two thousand four. 2003 on that field on that field on that system and like maybe if I had maybe if I had a, a, a excuse the bad word that's gonna be a rough monitor me today Ben keep the dump button ready um <laughs> I don't know I, I maybe I should have made more of a stink of it yeah my uh that was it was the last game of the season we had a muddy field at an indoor stadium did you have any <laughs> lawyers waiting outside the locker room after the game with their cards available no or? the trial attorney uh industry hadn't developed to the better call Saul level yet right the, right right point. you just yeah, so we, yeah you were ahead of your time hey is better call Saul still on I don't know I, I read an article yesterday that made it no seem no like no, no it's over now oh it's, it is okay. I didn't I don't right. I didn't watch it I I bailed after two seasons okay because they weren't merging the two universes. I guess like, they did eventually merge. They it. did, the and I've been, I I've been told was... like you should really go back and watch it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I just finished season five of Cobra Kai this weekend. Give me oh, a yeah, break. There's Vikings Valhalla is yeah. far more engaging to me. Nick Sirianni, he's engaging. The yeah. head, the head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Here was Nick Sirianni following the 38 to seven win, the Eagles over the Giants on Saturday. Jonathan Gannon, as I just mentioned, he's high up the board for the Texans. He's the only one on this list who's interviewed multiple years for the head coaching vacancy. And Nick Sirianni cannot believe what sports talk radio says in Philadelphia <laughs> about Jonathan Gannon. Sometimes I have to I have to hear like some things about Jonathan Gannon like and I don't know if it's you guys. It might be more uh, other people. Um I, I won't say names, Angela, right? Uh but this guy is an unbelievable coordinator. The, the fact that he doesn't get respect from our radio station blows my mind. 
it blows my mind. And I know you work at the radio station too, so I'm not even going to say anything about you. But like, it blows my mind. This guy is an incredible coordinator. The people w- love to play for this guy. Like, and I uh, listen. I don't, I, am I? You want me to keep going? I think you made your point. <laughs> it wasn't that wasn't particularly vicious or anything he just seemed incredulous that i i will say like i think in philadelphia sports radio is like old school sports radio yes in a lot of ways it's uh it's uh all the worst negative stigma there is to sports radio a lot of that is in philly where it just feels like a big fat guy smoking a cigar uh saying that things suck or what have you and maybe that's the bet and it Truth be told, uh, they maybe that's the best version of sports radio. But as Ross Tucker, who lives in that area, had told us, and a lot of other people, you know, from Philly, have said, uh, people in Philadelphia are going to be miserable no matter what. And because Jonathan Gannon kind of almost is, uh, he's got he's got more of a, a CEO type of mentality, and his defense is very analytically based, and he he speaks kind of like a statistician almost at times. I feel like they probably think he's not Rocky two enough. They need somebody who's Rocky. He's he's too Rocky three for them at this point. Oh, they a little need him fancy. To be Rocky two, a little yeah. fancy doing the AMX commercials, yeah, showing would, up, showing up on the Muppet Show. They want. Yeah. They would rather have a guy get his face bashed in and be proud of still st- being still standing at the end than to actually be really really good at it, but look a little too pretty while you're doing it. All right. So to Seth's point about Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, yeah. Of course, Seth and I are the morning host on the flagship here for the Texans. The flagship for the Eagles is WIP. When when Nick Sirianni says, I'm not going to mention any names, Angelo, uh, that's Angelo Cataldi. Yeah. Who we we were... Ah! That's Angelo is the one who made that noise that Ben likes to play on the hotkeys right there. We played some Angelo during the World Series. Just for those who may not have been listening to us during the World Series or you're just new to the show or you haven't heard Angelo Cataldi before, here is what Seth is... This is... This is the morning host on WIP up in Philadelphia. It makes it more fun for me when I can hate the opponent. Oh, yeah. And I have, oh, oh let me tell you something. I already have hate. summoned up great hatred of those bums. Nice. All right? And and the <laughs> arrogance. Oh, my God. Yes. When I heard some of this stuff, I told Marcus Hayes he should move to Houston. He would fit <laughs> in right there with all those arrogant jerks. Some of the words said have resulted in me anticipating this World Series even more. Oh, the words yeah. by the Houston Astros. Oh, without a doubt. The Astros walk around like they embedded the friggin' game. Why don't you bag another trash can, you cheaters? Ah! All right, anyway, let's get to the phone. Good enough, good enough, Ben. It's, it's awesome. Point taken. It is like... I, He's retiring. How can... Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. I don't know why you would... Uh, it's sad. I know. I got. I fell in love with him during the World Series. I'm afraid, it I'm was, afraid he might come take our jobs. People are going to hear that. Like, I kind of like the cut of that guy's jib. That show's funny because it sounds like his... He's he's got co-hosts as a man and a woman who sound like they're younger and yeah. more um, kind of buttoned up, and it sounds like they're kind of making fun of him the whole time. <laughs> like kind of ribbing him care. a little bit. Goes over his head <laughs> he was. I just listened to one. He was like, "I'm gonna watch both these games." Talking about the Eagles and the Phillies. I'm gonna watch both of them tonight. And the other hosts are like, "Oh, are you really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, good. Good for you. Like indulging their grandpa. <laughs> sure, you will. You know, they're both at night. I'm gonna have one. I'm gonna watch on one." One game with one eye and the other game with the other eye. <laughs> two eyes, two games. And I'm really looking at, at my old Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues in the middle. Christy Brinkley. 
That's ah. when a woman knew that a butt should be flat, and right. that's the way God intended it. All right, so here, here's my question. Here's my, here's my I qu- want you to pull those Jordache jeans up as high as you can Jordache. and flatten that butt. Do you have a butt girdle that could possibly flatten your butt for me? That's the way a lady should look. Coked out and strung out. That's why 83 was the best year. Well, back before these... Gals all got all got on their stairmasters. Wanted to have muscles like men or something. CrossFit. Ah. I need a woman that's been taking diet pills and Xanax because she hates her husband, right. but the church won't let her get divorced. Ah. Here's here's my question. Hey Ben, Ben, play the play the Sirianni one more time, and I'll down cue you when I when I'm done with what I need here. Play Sometimes I have to I have to hear like some things about Jonathan Gannon, like. And I don't know if it's you guys. It might be more uh, other people. Um, I, I won't say names. Angela. Okay, good enough. Right there. So he's clearly referring. I, I guess Angela. I, I haven't listened to Cataldi in a while, but I think Sirianni goes on his show every week because yeah. Sirianni made some sort of comment at the end, like, oh, Monday's going to be a lot of fun for yeah, me. Yeah. I think he goes on every week on, on Cataldi's show. So there's probably some playful ribbing going on there. Oh, yeah. It didn't sound like he was being, you know, genuinely angry or something. At yeah. all. At all. Yeah. No. And I, and I think Sirianni seems like a self-aware enough guy to where he knows he knows the cauldron in which he swims right now. Philadelphia. Well, well no, that's what Ross said this and other people said. It. Like the... That's old school up there where, like, Cataldi could get a coach fired if he decided to just by roiling up public sentiment yes. so, to the point where ownership would feel like they had they had to do it. Yeah. Um, here's my question. Is Landry Locker the Angelo Cataldi of Houston? And I've got some audio proof that, that at least the seedlings of it could be Is it, Are you saying planted. it as a compliment or an insult? I, you or can or take a... it however you want, and he can take it however he wants. Okay. Here's Nick Casario at Lovey Smith's press conference last year. Good morning and welcome. Um, try to bring a little levity to the air. I know everybody's disappointed. I don't have a vest on, so I'll save those for the, uh, the season. So, And no Silicon Valley references either, Landry, so you don't have to worry about All right, that. So there you so, go, a little but, Landry uh, reference right there by, by Nick. Here's Nick. Here's Nick when he was on with us two weeks ago clarifying his, you know, if we get a coach that wants me in a different role – then I'm amenable to that. He was clarifying his stance on that and listen at the very end here. I think the reality was, and I probably didn't do a good job of conveying the right message, but the point I was trying to make is that I'm accountable for the process and I'm going to try to do a better job of setting up and managing that process. So whatever comes along with that. So I think that's the point I was trying to make. I enjoy my job. I love my job. I love being here. We've got a lot of work in front of us. I'm not going to shy away from the work. I've never been afraid to put in the work. But I think the point I was trying to make, and, you know, I think I drove Landry crazy. Good enough. Yeah. Is Landry Locker the Angelo Cataldi <laughs> the, the, of Houston? The, the, you'll, uh, the, they can playfully push back against, um, but that maybe there's a little bit of something there. You're playfully pushing back as, yeah. uh, as a way to let... That uh, sounded yeah. a little like I'm not going to mention any names, Landry. I guess, yeah, with a different type of personality. Yeah. But maybe... I don't know. I don't want to lump him in with Cataldi because I feel like Cataldi is like all id. He just He's just shooting from whatever. Like, you, like he doesn't put any thought into it at all. Yeah. He's like, these guys suck. And they've always sucked and everybody knows it. And then a week later, he can be like, I knew forever that these guys were going right. to be... They just had it in them. They had the it factor is what they had. Um... What did you think of what he had to say uh, about so Gannon? I'd say Landry's more thought out than that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Than yeah. Cataldi? Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
What did you think? Forget about the reference to Angelo in the sports talk radio yeah. angle. What did you think about what Sirianni had to say about Gannon? I, I think that's that sounds exactly right. I think that Pretty passionate. He, he, no, yeah, he's very well respected for what he does uh, defensively. And then again, the the thing about projecting a guy from a defensive coordinator to a head coach is that just like drafting quarterbacks. There are so many unknowns, and it's just impossible to know how a guy is going to act or adapt to that upper level until they get up there. Because the job is just like being a college quarterback, the job isn't the same in a lot of ways as being an NFL quarterback. So it's harder to project these days because the games have diverged mm-hmm. so much. Um, likewise, being a coordinator is way different than being a head coach. And the administrative side of it, and it, I think administrative isn't probably the completely accurate word, but. I guess maybe the 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 juggling of so many things in the air at one time is the big difference between being a coordinator and being a head coach. Yeah. You've got, you know, motivation in mind. You've got you've got PR issues, you've got contractual issues, you've got all these other things going on at any given time that you may have never dealt with until you get to that that upper level. And you know, I mean like I'm not pandering to high school coaches when I say this, but there are certain aspects of being a high school coach that actually are a lot more relevant to being an NFL head coach than than being an NFL defensive coordinator is to being a head coach. Yep. It just you're one that being a coordinator is a very technical nuts and bolts job, and you can motivate, but you can motivate without having to worry about a lot of the other things. Like a coach can, a coach can only make so many promises because he's got to balance everything out. Where a defense coordinator can be genuinely in love with you and tell you wholeheartedly because he's not going to negotiate your contract. Yeah. So, um, I think there, like all those things are just unknowns, and I would say that I. I'm a bias here partly just because I know D'Amico Ryans, but D'Amico Ryans has demonstrated a lot of the human qualities, a lot of those abilities to kind of balance the, the hard edge with the softer side of things and all those things that I know are important in being a head coach. Whereas with a lot of the other guys, they're just they're I look at them like computer programmers. I just and especially with Gannon, you know, I, I think he's incredibly intelligent. And I think he's a very good defensive coordinator. I have a hard time seeing him being the dynamic multi-year leader of an NFL team. I, I look at him as being kind of like a bean counter. Um, you know, in the uh, tell me military and naval people whether I'm saying it, phrasing this the right way or but like there are officers who are just they're in their position because they're bean counters. You know, they're good at that, and maybe they're really really good at it, but they're not. Like the like the genuine dyed in the wool leaders, the way that I know D'Amico. D'Amico, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's that's the comparison we ultimately end but there, up drawing. There's, with these there two. are officers like that that are sure. just they've just got it. You know, it's like the no- difference between Norman Schwarzkopf as a general versus a lot of the other guys that that don't necessarily have that same charisma. You know, I was thinking about this this weekend. This is the third go round that Nick Casario has had in interviewing prospective head coaches yeah. <laughs> since he got here, and I do wonder, and I don't. You know that I know that on paper that's the first two are on Nick's resume. You know they're on his record, Cully and Lovey Smith. But I think it's silly to think that there weren't some really extenuating circumstances surrounding both those for totally different reasons. Um, the bottom line is he's here hiring his third head coach. I wonder. I wonder how much better he's gotten at interviewing coaches. Because think about this: when he first got here and he immediately has to start finding a new head coach, yeah. he was in an ecosystem, the only ecosystem he'd ever been in. The one thing they never had to do was interview head coaches. Right, right, right. That's the one thing he never, ever, ever, ever had to be a part of. And and that's the other thing about Belichick, too, is 
that Belichick is a, is one of those bean counter guys. He's got he's had to have when he was a Cleveland, he had, they hired a consultant to try to help him with his personal side of things, and he kept working with him when he went back to the the Jets after that. And like that was it. That's a weakness for Belichick, but he's such a brilliant bean counter, um, and he's just so good at what he does that he's able to overcome that. But to look at that as some kind of a template is is dangerous. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a spectrum there. So as far as Casario interviewing guys. That's another thing that I like about D'Amico is that I think that that might be the best fit in terms of D'Amico is a guy who I think has a lot of head coach qualities, but he's very young in coaching and, you know, he's not young in the NFL, but he's young in coaching and obviously would be young on the administrative side of things. I think those two, because you're always hiring, you're, you're trying to find a mix it's never just like, oh, yeah, this guy's a good GM and this guy's a good head coach. you got to find the right mix. I feel like those two guys complement each other perfectly in terms of the strengths of one's personalities versus the weakness of the other's experience. And I do think they're both genuinely decent individuals, which goes a long way in a yeah. GM head coach. So I know that about D'Amico. Like, I know he's a decent human. Um, and that, like... Not that that's a prerequisite, but in a lot of guys, like when I look at D'Amico, I think like a lot of a lot of what the way he operates reminds me of what people tell me about Joe Gibbs as a head coach. Where Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs was that rare blend of guys that had an offensive genius about him, but he was also a really decent human being as a coach and tried to do things the right way always and was able to motivate guys and be hard edged, but at the same time be like respected and loved by his players. I could one hundred percent see that with D'Amico. Because he does, like they run, they run physical training camps out there, and his players love him. Like he, they, when you watch them play on Sundays, and you watch the way the physicality with which they play on defense, part of that is D'Amico would tell you is because they practice, you know, really hard and physical, a lot more than a lot of other teams. And in the modern NFL, like you've got to have some force of personality to to get guys to do that and have them still like you. Yep. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. It's a reaction Monday here on Sports Radio six ten. If you want to. Hit the show, Trailer Wheel and Frame, text page. Uh, you can. Thank 713-572-4610. So there's really, there's there's three things going on right now with the NFL. There's the head coaching carousel. There's the NFL playoffs, actual football. And then there's the QB carousel. Adam Schefter kind of gave us a level set on where three of the top names sit right now as we enter the offseason. Do we agree with these takes there are sort of takes disguised as reports, I guess, from Adam Schefter. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Adam Schefter on NFL Countdown this weekend kind of laid things out as far as where some of these quarterbacks are. The Texans get a mention in here. Be a little bit. Be patient because this first one's about Aaron Rodgers. Texans did not get mentioned in this one. But uh, Adam Schefter does a level set on Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Derek Carr and where they might wind up. What could be in the offing this offseason for these three quarterbacks? Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. This will be the third straight offseason in which Aaron Rodgers' future is the subject of much speculation. But make no mistake, both sides are fully aware that a trade is a very real scenario this offseason for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are expected to move on from certain players, which Aaron Rodgers probably will not like. The issue here will be the $110 million left on his contract and which team could afford it. But there is a real possibility that at some point this offseason, Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. Okay, so (laughs) the part that I roll my eyes at, and this goes back to... Audio we played last week from Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, you got to hang on to a Mercedes Lewis who had seven catches last year because of what he means to the locker room. Randall Cobb, he lists all his boys, all his hunting buddies. <laughs> you know, the guys that hang out in the yeah. dailies with him. Yeah, Mercedes Lewis and yeah. Randall yeah. Cobb, he listed like three or four other guys. Um, so the solution then, and you heard Schefter say right there that they're going to you know let some guys go in free agency that are close to Aaron Rodgers. So the solution then is to get a trade to where you've played with nobody before on that team? Yeah. Like, that's the solution. They let a couple of your guys go that can't play anymore, that aren't worth the money. So the solution is I'm going to get traded to the Jets, where I've played with none of these guys before. Like, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is such an attention whore. Yeah, this is the third straight offseason we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers makes himself a topic every offseason. Yeah, season. yeah. He's uh, like, he, he got, remember last year it wasn't about the money. And then he ended up staying for a record-breaking contract. Right. And uh, no, no, it's actually all about you know, surrounding myself with the right kind of guys to win. Uh, Devontae Adams left, and there wasn't a peep out of Aaron Rodgers. He may not even know Devontae Adams isn't on the Packers anymore. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, now after a very disappointing season, he's insisting that you need certain guys to be kept around because they're the kind of guys that help you win. And I'm looking around like, what's, where's the what? Who? They, they helped you win eight <laughs> games last year. That, uh, so, and, and yeah, it's uh, it, it, he's he's a drama he he's a drama enthusiast. Is he, what is, he is. He yeah. is. He is. I don't think he gets traded. That's just my. I thought he was going to stay with the Packers last year, and I think he's going to stay with the Packers again this year. Um, all right, here's Adam Schefter on the current situation as of this weekend with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's taking his time to make a decision. No one knows exactly what he's going to do yet, but also after last offseason when word leaked about his retirement, 
his circle is tightened as to what he will and won't do this offseason. If he does play, there will be personal and professional considerations to take into account. Tom Brady is expected to want to play for a winning franchise if he does decide to continue moving forward. Okay, then, now that's just a huge nothing burger. That That is... Schefter telling us he's not getting any leaks from the Brady camp. He's tightened his inner circle since, since by the way, Adam Schefter was the one I think who probably blew the lid off the retirement stuff last yeah. year. So he's tightened his inner circle. He's going to have personal and professional considerations for wherever he goes. Okay, I think that's the case with pretty much anybody looking at a job yeah. anywhere. Um, and he's going to want to go, shocker, to a team that wins. At right. age forty six, that, that was uh, <laughs> so that's Schefter on Brady. Right the situation there. are telling me that Tom Brady doesn't want to be unhappy next year, right? Um, and that he would also like to win football games. The one he thing- truly is the ultimate competitor. <laughs> He's the ultimate winner. Why he wants to win? He wants to win. Yeah, the whole thing. A lot of these other guys, which well, honestly, yeah, a lot of free. Okay, yes, a lot of free agents do go places where they just flat out give them the most money. But it's clear. It's obvious that Brady's not going to go to someplace that he thinks is going right. to be capped out at, at six and eleven next year. Right, right. Um, for what it's worth, like the only thing I've heard close to a report about Brady is, and this is <laughs> far from, oh yeah, he's this is what he's doing. But the word is that people in the building in Tampa Bay all felt like their interactions with him after the loss to the Cowboys in the playoffs were sort of finality kind of interactions. Yeah. Like he's. The Tampa Bay people reportedly don't feel like he's coming back to Tampa Bay. Like yeah. he's going to go somewhere else, it would appear. Um, that somewhere else could be Las Vegas, where their quarterback, at least on paper right now, is Derek Carr. Here is Adam Schefter on what could happen. Listen here. Listen who gets mentioned here, folks. Here's what could happen with Derek Carr. As for Derek Carr, he is expected to be traded at some point this offseason. And as usual with quarterbacks, the demand exceeds the supply. The entire NFC South is expected to be in the market for a new quarterback. The Jets, the Commanders, the Colts, the Texans. There are so many teams that need quarterbacks, which elevates the value of Carr. And that is why at some point this offseason, earlier rather than later, he is expected to be traded. You're inheriting Derek Carr's $32 million salary this coming year. His salaries the subsequent years. And again, his contract is a strange one. It's not, he didn't get paid a massive signing bonus. He actually got paid only $7.5 million signing bonus. Um, but he's he's got guarantees coming to him. Uh, in 2023, his his 2023 salary, which is again 32.9 million, plus seven and a half million of his 2024 salary guarantee, kicks in February 15th. So here's the thing about trading for Derek Carr, and this is why I don't think trading for Derek Carr is just this formality that Schefter makes it out to be. Is that I think there's a lot of teams that may want Derek Carr as their quarterback, but not to where he's guaranteed forty million bucks. Right. Yeah. I think that I you think, inherit that guarantee if you trade for him. I think what you're going to see this offseason is the middle class quarterback contract make a comeback, where it ends up being something like a three year deal. Well, Derek Carr basically what he had already. He had a he had a contract that was respectable, but that the team would be able to move on from. So I shouldn't say the return of it. I guess for him it would be a continuation of it. And I mean, not one. All it takes is one team to say, like, "Nope, Derek Carr is the guy," and we yeah. need to just go ahead. And he's just been underutilized and mismanaged and all of that. But I do think that Daniel Jones. What are you going to do with Daniel Jones? He's clearly not the guy that anybody is in love with 
you know, as the future of your organization, and yet it's not so easy to go out and perhaps get a guy that has knowledge of the offense and that may be the guy while you draft somebody else and wait. So I think he gets like a three-year deal that you can bail out of. Matt Schaub had one like this back in the day. Remember, they gave Schaub a nice deal, and he was gone within two years because Rick Smith did a good job of designing it with an easy an easy pullout within two years, so that's right. it, it, it. It ends up being a two year deal, really. Yeah. You can exit, you can hit the eject button after two years. Schaub's a good one because they actually did end up trading Schaub to the Raiders for yeah. a six round pick. Ironically, trading him to the Raiders the same year the Raiders drafted Derek Carr. Yeah, <laughs> and he would go on to play Circle like, of Life. <laughs> I say play in air quotes, but he was on teams for eight more years. Schaub. Yeah, yeah, it was 2014. At least five more years after that, he was in Baltimore for a couple of years with Kubiak. Or at least he was in year. Atlanta forever. Yeah, he wasn't like the... with Kubiak, but yeah, he was in Baltimore. He was in Atlanta at the end. Yeah, yeah. he was in Atlanta at the end. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that Derek Carr gets traded. I certainly don't think he's getting traded here. It's, it's, Sean, last 2020 was his last. It was year. last year? Okay, yeah. so he went seven, uh, 2014, six more, six six more six years, more years yeah. six more years after that. Yeah. So, um, so I think. I don't think Derek Carr is coming here, but let me just throw this out there. Let's say it was just a six-round pick for Derek Carr, which is all you should give up if you're inheriting that contract. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty team-friendly contract. You'd be inheriting him for 2023, but I don't think there's anything after that. Yeah. Is there any scenario where Texan fans get on board with fortifying the roster through the draft and then having Derek Carr for a year as a quarterback here? I don't. It feels icky. I don't. I, 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 I think, think the answer is probably no, but I'm yeah, just throwing it out I feel, there. I want people I to play along. Other, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of it and just give you my gut. Angelo Cataldi response. What if Sean Payton? I was don't it? want that bum on this team. What's that? What if Sean Payton was the head coach? Could you? Could, I'm could, so soured on Sean Payton. Could now. Pay, I watched him yesterday on Fox, and I just I seethed the entire time. He's off the list. Like for watching you. you look uncomfortable on television with your dour face. I don't like. He's got a Brandon Cooks face. You know, he's got like you know, like you know, like something stinks in the room. You know, like, like uh, something he stinks does. in You're here. Right about I'm that. Sean Payton. Yeah. I pay guys to injure the opponent because I can't just motivate guys to do it on my okay, own. Okay, so maybe not yeah. Seth Payne, but the people. We interact with the people a lot. Do you think right. the people do you think the people of Houston would be on board with a trade the twelfth pick for Sean Payton, trade a six rounder for Derek Carr, and use the rest of your resources to fortify the roster? In, I think people would be. Uh, you might win the division with that formula. Be, it, it'll, no, honestly, there will be people that are uh, upset about it, but it's it's a classic thing where everybody or a lot of people that uh, claim they're out on the team by by draft time uh, start to start to talk themselves into it. Yeah, yeah. And you start to figure, you start to, just like maybe you start to find ways to hate Sean Payton because right. you realize that he's probably not going to come to the Texans. You find reasons to start hating C.J. Stroud. And you find start reasons to start a hating Bryce Young. Yep. Yeah. So because there's a new coach and because I think, I think there's a good chance the Texans hire a guy that, for better or for worse, I think that there'll be uh, approval of the hire. And we know that that's hazardous. A lot of times the... The, the approved coaching hire doesn't end up being the best one. But, yeah, I don't think that um, – I think people can wait. And the, the the dicey thing, though, is it'd be like, honestly, like if Sean Payton went to some of these teams that he's thinking about going to, if they don't have a draft pick this year, like, okay, you're going to win eight games next year. If he goes to the Panthers, okay, what if he wins a bunch of games? You won't get Caleb Williams hiring Sean yeah, Payton. Yeah, you, yeah. If you win, you know, you, you put in a mediocre effort as you're trying to bolster the roster, then totally. you're not going to get your quarterback. Yep. I think a coach that comes in here right now 
has a bit of a grace period where go ahead and, and gamble on that quarterback. And yes. if it's, you know, you know who did this? Jacksonville, uh, Del Rio, because Del Rio drafted. See, there were drafted Leftwich. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was previous to that. Yeah. Did he draft Bortles too? No, no, he no didn't that was Bortles, Gus Bradley. Yeah. That was Gus Bradley, I think. Um, but, it, you know, well, Kubiak made it through Carr for a year. Then he then traded sh- for then traded for Shab. So he kind of got that one year grace period. Yeah, just to see if he could make it work with uh, with Carr. I I watch. Here's my. I, I would hate it if they did that that scenario. Get Peyton as the coach, fortify the roster, and then trade for Derek Carr and yeah. do a trial balloon with him for a year. I would hate it. In the AFC, the message is abundantly clear. In the AFC, you've got to have a marquee quarterback right now. I mean, the four quarterbacks that were left were Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. Like you've you need the heavy artillery to compete in the it's why the Browns are paying 230 million to a guy who was sued by 30 women. Yeah. You know, it's just it's the the AFC is and those guys are all young too. I mean, they're all Well, they're, everybody yesterday were on the their oldest, rookie deals. The oldest quarterback playing yesterday was Dak Prescott and he's 29. Right. Yeah, right. it's uh I mean that's NFC obviously, but in general just the the cream of the crop of the quarterbacks these days, it's young all over. All over. Yeah. If, if Dak is cream of the crop. Yeah. Where are Cowboys fans back on Dak on the roller coaster that is their love. Text or, in. Text I, in. My favorite thing on social media is to like pick in in any given year. Um, where people are claiming that, oh, no, I was never actually a Dak fan anyway. Uh, or, or, or if it's a year where they're like, oh, it's, it's, it's Dak or die. I've been there the entire time. I love him. He's a saint. I can't they're believe like you say anything. Drunk Homer Simpson. I never liked you. I never <laughs> liked you. Um, all right. Shannon Sharp. We got to get to Shannon Sharp's act at the Laker game over the weekend. Act. What are you, what are you about to? He's about to destroy somebody. That's dude. What are you doing, Shannon Sharp? If you haven't seen this, we will we'll give you a description of it. And uh, fair or foul, once you're hosting a show on Fox, are you allowed to heckle players at courtside? Oh, and, and real quick, by the way, the only reason, the big reason I don't feel good about Carr just on a one year basic deal is that I don't I don't feel like Carr is the best guy to be the tutor to your young quarterback. There's that too. Yeah, I think there's the guy that left the building so as not to be a distraction. Right. You know, and made himself a bigger distraction. There's Eli Manning who gives a tearful uh, press conference about how he'll do everything he can to help out the guy who replaces him. Yep. Or there's uh, Derek Carr. Who just didn't want anybody to slip on his tears, so he had to leave. Just pissed, just pissed off. Just pissed, pissed off. off. I'm just pissed off. Pissed off. I'm just pissed off. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shannon Sharp, what are you doing, man? That's next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios. 
Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Get to headlines in a minute. Busy weekend on the head coaching search front and NFL playoffs. Astros had their fan fest this weekend. Some interesting quotes from Jeff Bagwell that we will get to. Uh, cuts from Jeff Bagwell. We'll get to that in headlines as well. Shannon Sharp over the weekend. If you miss this, Hall of Famer and currently Fox television personality. He hosts uh, Undisputable or Undisputed? Undisputed with uh, with Skip Bayless. Um, appeared to spark an altercation on Friday at a Laker game at Crypto.com Arena. An altercation with the entire Memphis Grizzlies team. Yeah. Um, Sharp was sitting at courtside at the game, and the altercation started just before halftime. John Morant and Dylan Brooks were both seen talking at Sharp as they started walking off the court to the locker rooms. Before they got to the tunnel, that's when things erupted. Almost the entire Grizzlies bench, led by Steven Adams, who's one of the largest human beings on the planet, suddenly charged at Shannon Sharp, which prompted security to jump in and try to hold them back. T. Morant, who is John Morant's father, then came up to Sharp and the larger group from the side, and the two had to be separated by security. Yeah. It was a scene, man. Yeah, um, it was uh, It was crazy. It was, <laughs> it was fun, and it was best consumed by people tweeting out still shots and acting like that told the whole story. Oh, yeah. Because you can make anybody look like they're trying to get out of a fight or doing the old hold-me-back hold thing uh, when it's a still shot. So I saw various people showing that, uh, that Shannon, Shannon Sharp did not want anything of Stephen Adams. I saw various people saying that Stephen Adams was obviously terrified of Shannon Sharp. Oh, that's funny. I feel <laughs> like it's possible that both those guys would have been just fine going at it with each other. And... Um, let him go. Yeah, I just uh, cut him loose. I don't know. I, I would put my money on Shannon Sharp. I'd just be, would you? I'd put yeah. it on Adams, just based on endurance. Sharp looks a little heavy these days. He does. He's it's muscle. Is it? He's okay. lean as hell. Okay. Yeah, like, he's in shape. Yeah, that, that's the problem with being like he's so muscular. Yeah. that in, in in nice clothes, he looks like he's heavy, but it's because he's so muscular. Plus, Adams is a basketball player. He's let's just yeah, I'll handicap it that. Yeah, way. that reach really only helps you if you're like skilled in the sweet science. Like if he's gonna <laughs> stick up there and put up your dukes, Mister. <laughs> like if he's gonna if he's gonna actually box him, then okay. sure. I think that uh, Shannon Sharp's overall like Shannon Sharp and he might be the same body weight. I don't know. So even if, it gets, true. even if it gets into grappling, I think Shannon might still not be outweighed. Maybe, maybe. I mean, Adams is not a skinny guy at all. Like yeah. he's a he's a hulking six eleven. It would be an interesting fight for sure. Um, Sharp and John Morant's dad, T. Morant, after this altercation, were then walked off the floor in different directions by security, but both returned to their seats for the second half. The cause of the altercation, at least from Sharp's point of view, was incredibly stupid. This is a Yahoo article that I'm reading. Sharp told ESPN's Dave McMenamin the fight started after Sharp told Brooks he, quote, was too small to guard LeBron James. <laughs> uh, Sharp told ESPN they didn't want this smoke, Dave. They do all that talking and jockeying, and I ain't about that jockeying. Yeah. It started with Dylan Brooks. He, I said he was too small to guard LeBron. He said, bleep me. I said, bleep you back. He started to come at me, and I said, you don't want these problems. <laughs> and then Ja, this is Shannon Sharp continuing, and then Ja came out of nowhere talking. He definitely didn't want these problems. Then the dad came, and he obviously didn't want no problems. But I wanted anything they had. Don't let these fools fool you now. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel like he's – I think Shannon Sharp, who's been going through a little bit of a thing with, with Skip, supposedly. Who knows? You never know if it's theater or real. Um, 
I, I feel like maybe he's just gotten tired of trading barbs with Skip, who who's maybe not enough of a challenge to him. Or Skip, when I've watched that show lately, go after Dylan Brooks. I feel like Skip is a little bit cowed lately and like being extra deferential to Shannon because he doesn't want him to leave. So I wonder if uh, if Shannon just needs that. Maybe he needs he needs somebody to he needs to be tested. Because Skip is now uh, sitting neutered in the corner. That's interesting. I yeah. had not watched any of that show. I didn't watch. I never watched a lot until I started doing a couple like reaction videos. So now I watch it more and kind of in. And, and I feel like in my limited viewing of it, it feels like Skip is Skip's trying hard to be uh, polite, which doesn't come naturally to him. I no, think. so it's uncomfortable. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so that was Shannon Sharp saying why they got into it. basically. He was talking trash yep. to Dylan Brooks. What I say trash, it's actually not they horrible said, analysis. Well, yeah, I I You're too that, small to guard LeBron. I think that, well, okay, there are a couple things here. Because I like in that article that you would link, the Yahoo article, it says uh, technically Shannon Sharp is a member of the media. Because yeah. he's not. He occupies this space where he's former athlete on a debate show. It's not like he's a reporter or anything. Right. But should he be keeping himself out of the, the performance? I feel like he should. I would say the, um, I, it's, there's... There's something where you got to realize, okay, dude, you're 50, and an NBA player is saying bleep you after you razz him a little bit, and you just let it go. Okay. You just you laugh it off, you know. That's fair. Just as far as like the like the court of common sense or the, the like societal etiquette type yeah. things, I'll say this: that the uh, Shannon Sharp reports to his bosses at Fox is Shannon Sharp. When you see something like this, is your reaction knowing the tone of that show? Yes. Is your reaction more because that shows about attention more than anything right, right, else? Right, right, yeah. Is your reaction that Shannon Sharp is get closer to getting fired or closer to getting a pay raise? Oh, a pay raise! Yeah, yeah. 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 So like Sean Payton's parading around, you know, like you think Sean Payton's following journalistic yeah. integrity or something? Okay, when he's leaking things about his job search to who is going <laughs> to go? Coward? Me or you? Who's yeah. going to the Rocket game tonight to tell Jalen Green? That he's too small to guard. Who the Rockets play tonight? We need <laughs> yeah. we need some smoke. For I would. Uh, I, I think we need the, you to start a fight with the Rockets. The so. thing is that escalated, and I think that a Shannon Sharp could take any of those guys because he grew up in the country in a time back when people still got in fist fights. I think uh, it was uh, he just. I feel like I feel like he and Sterling at various times had to fight older kids just to. To, for who got to play quarterback or something, you know, in the play, playing out in the dirt yard, uh, like the the field lot. It's uh, it's yeah, he would take any of those. Uh, they, these kids on the AAU circuit, uh, they're not living the life that the guys did in the seventies and eighties. It's you, uh, it's different. You need to go. They play the Timberwolves. Yeah, you need to go sit courtside tonight and tell Alper and Shangoon he's too slow to guard Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, <laughs> Jalen Green, you're too would, small to guard Anthony Edwards. The whole thing is though, like, okay, obviously, like that's not my personality. Uh, as far as if, if I were sitting courtside, would I be doing that? That's not me, but that is Shannon. Like, Shannon Sharp is messing around, but I don't, like, he wouldn't be, like, let's say the difference between Spike Lee talking smack um, or or Shannon Sharp talking smack. With Spike Lee, you feel like, okay, he's just doing whatever he's doing. He's doing Spike, Spike Lee. Lee. That's what he does. Um, and obviously, it's never going to, it's almost like a uh, rite of passage if Spike Lee's messing with you. Yes, it's a game. badge of honor. Yeah, but with... Um, but with with Shannon Sharp, I feel like he he's like he's feeling it. He's really like he's he's like almost like a fan down there. Uh, and and like LeBron is his family member or something. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned LeBron. And and by the way, I'm looking at a video at the end of the game where the ball went out of bounds off of yeah. a Grizzlies player or something, and Shannon's going nuts. Shannon's pointing at the line. He's yeah. standing up. He's going crazy. Well, and that's game. okay. So there's a difference. Drake would be the guy who's in the middle. 
Because Drake goes too far sometimes. Yes. I feel like Drake is the point where he is genuinely annoying the guys on the he court. He walks the sideline like he yeah. owns the place. And I'm like, all right, th- this is uh, Drake. No, you don't belong there like that. Not in that capacity. With Shannon, it's a little bit different because he's got a lot of, he's a Hall of Fame caliber retired professional athlete, which feels like he shouldn't be doing it because of that. Yeah. But also because of that, it feels like he should get away with it a little bit. Okay. I'm glad you brought up LeBron. Here was LeBron's take on the incident from Friday night. I mean, I ride with Shannon 365 days, 66 on a leap year, 24-7. So that's my guy. So I always got his back. He got mine. So um, he can talk with the best of them for sure. And LeBron got up. That was the last question of the press conference. LeBron gets up and leaves. Um, <laughs> I, LeBron, and oftentimes rightfully so, catches heat for a lot. Le- LeBron says some silly things sometimes. I, I'm not going to throw as much heat at LeBron for that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably not good that Shannon Sharp is is uh, saying things that are starting altercations, but I'm kind of with you on the media member thing. Like, he's not a columnist. He's not a beat writer that's covering the team. Like yeah, he, yeah. He's there as a fan, and he screams at Skip Bayless on television. <laughs> like, I, that's not, it's, I don't know that, that Shannon gotta, lives in an ecosystem where there's rules, media rules for him to live by. It's right funny there. because I can't even remember something. I was thinking about this last week before any of this happened, and I can't remember. I remember somebody in public was being a jerk about something, and I just kind of let it slide. But I, it got me to thinking, like, yeah, what, like, at what age do you stop even thinking about a fist fight being an option? And there, I don't, I don't remember when it was or whatever. But it's like, it is by far my option of last resort. Yeah, in, in, like in almost any situation. And I think most guys, when you get to other guys, like I can't think of a lot of situations where me and another forty-seven-year-old would decide we're we're gonna settle this with fists. Damn it! You just you're just like yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of I kind of respect Sharp that he still got that in his bag. <laughs> Part of it though happens when it's in front of a when there's people around. Whenever there's spectators, it makes it worse. Whatever your age is at oh, which yeah. you stop looking at fist fighting as being a solution, it, if there's a crowd around you, that age escalates. Yeah, like okay, maybe it was 35, but actually, oh wait, there's a crowd. All right, you're still mixing it up at 35. So when there's seven, when there's 15, 20,000 people there, then uh, then maybe that's the simplest thing. The happy ending to the story is that T. Morant and Shannon Sharp kissed and ate up. Yeah, they were they seen were right hugging afterwards. in the third quarter. It was all I, good. T. Morant was the one who was most accused of doing the old, hold me back. Yeah, yeah, inciting <laughs> things, but with eight people between him and his target. Hold me back, because yeah. you've got it like an iron. No, literally, hold, guy, no, yeah. no, I mean it. Please, Get over I'm, here and I'm not, yeah. please hold me back. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.